Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, March 2nd. All right, Hoops fans, here's a trivia question for you. It was on this date in 1962 that a Philadelphia Warriors player set an NBA record by scoring 100 points during a single game. That record still stands today. Can you guess that player? I'll tell you in just a bit. But first, let's have a check of our Thursday forecast over at the First Alert Weather Center. And good Thursday morning to you, meteorologist Joey Sovide here. Starting out with temperatures in the 60s, dry this morning. Clouds on the increase, though, today. And we do have the chance of one or two showers this afternoon or this evening. Doesn't look very wet, but just a heads up, take the umbrellas with you. By lunchtime, we're already in the 80s. We expect low to mid-80s for high temperatures this afternoon. Tomorrow is the first alert weather day. It's going to be a very gusty day out there. Also, an isolated strong storm possible as we go into Friday night. A lot of you are going to dodge rain. In fact, a cold front comes through behind that cold front. Still warm at 80, mostly sunny Saturday. Sunday looks very nice. A little cooler around 72. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. Live 5 News starts now with breaking news. And that breaking news out of North Charleston, where police and firefighters are on the scene of a structure fire. You can see that live uh, shot there. North Charleston police are reporting two lanes are currently blocked on Rivers Avenue westbound near Remount Road. Police say two lanes are still open to traffic. Of course, details right now are limited, but we have reached out to get information. Of course, we'll update you as that comes in. A person is dead after a crash out of Colleton County. The Highway Patrol says this happened around 1.45 this morning on I-95 near Mamaker 45. Troopers say a car was south on I-95 when it ran off the roadway and hit several trees. The driver was pronounced dead at the scene. Their name has not been released. The South Carolina Highway Patrol is also investigating a crash that left a pedestrian dead in Berkeley County. Troopers say that crash happened just after 6 o'clock yesterday evening on Robin Street, about two miles west of Goose Creek. They tell us an SUV was headed north on private property and hit the pedestrian. That person died at the hospital. The coroner has not released their identity. Another deadly crash investigation is underway on James Island. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says deputies responded to that crash just before 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. They say that cyclist and a car uh, collided at that intersection of Folly Road and Salagree Road. Charleston County EMS pronounced the motorcyclist dead at the scene. No other car or no one was injured in the car. The motorcyclist's identity has not been released. Well, after nearly six weeks in the courtroom, the Alec Murdoch, Murdoch a double murder trial is coming to an end. The state spent hours yesterday laying out its case during closing arguments. Today, the defense will get its turn. Our Nick Reagan joins us live outside the courthouse. Now, Nick, we've seen all of the evidence and now we see how it all fits together. Did the state actually prove its case? 
Yeah, good morning, Katie Aisha. You know, it was a very polished performance yesterday from uh, the state. Creighton Waters getting up there to sort of paint a picture of a panicked, prominent community leader whose world was about to unravel the very day of those two murders. Now, Waters uh, says that Murdoch's years of stealing and doing The district has already received some feedback from parents who are not in favor of the two options. Uh, He says that the murders were planned and carried out using two guns to confuse the crime scene and with a manufactured alibi that continued to change even as the trial was going on. He also used an emotional argument to try and sway the jury. Is Alex putting down that shotgun to pick up the blackout? and is startled by Paul, and that's why the angle's like that, and catches Paul like that, and and goes up into the ceiling, as you've heard the testimony from Kinsey, and blows, blows his brains out. Because Maggie sees what happens, and she comes running over there, running to her baby. Probably the last thing on her mind, thinking, that it was him who had done this. She's running to her baby while he's gotten picked up the blackout and opens fire. Now, guys, back to your question. Did they prove their case? Well, what they proved is that Murdoch is a serial liar and a thief, but that wasn't the question they were asked to prove. They were asked to prove whether or not he committed murder. Did they do that? Well, we'll just have to wait until the jury comes back with a verdict, uh, possibly later this week, to find out that answer. Now, Nick, the defense will have the last word. They'll be delivering those closing statements this morning. Can you tell us how difficult that task is going to be? Uh, Well, yeah, guys, the defense will only have to convince one juror that there is reasonable doubt that uh, the murders were not done by Alec Murdoch. And that might seem like a bit of an uphill task. But keep in mind that the state's entire case is based on circumstantial evidence. The state can't put a gun in Murdoch's hand and say that he fired that weapon. They also uh, don't have the uh, conclusive blood evidence. They didn't find they couldn't find any conclusive. Inclusive blood evidence on himself, on his clothes, or in his vehicle. So there's definitely a lot of uh, wiggle room in there. Uh, you'll also hear the defense mention uh, Murdoch's relationship with both Maggie and Paul. We've heard plenty of testimony in which that relationship was explored. Everyone's saying they had an amazing relationship, a good relationship. That is basically what you're going to hear from the defense this morning when court gets underway at about 9:30. Well, our team coverage will continue throughout the day today. We'll have crews in Walterboro to bring you the very latest. You can also find us online and on streaming platforms, including Roku, Fire TV, and Apple TV. You can also get real-time updates on the Murdoch trial through our live blog at live5news.com. Just click on the banner at the top of the homepage for new information throughout the day. The Charleston County School District has opened a survey for two options for the 2023-2024 academic school year. Yeah, the two calendar options are open to the public and give parents and guardians an opportunity to give their input on which calendar they prefer. Samantha Popovic joins us this morning live. So, Samantha, what kind of feedback have you seen from parents so far? 
The Charleston County School District has released their 2023 through 2024 academic calendar options, which yesterday, which will remain open through March 15th of 2023. The district has already received some feedback with some parents not in favor of these two options. In an agenda meeting on February 21st, Charleston County School District spoke on the topic of academic calendars. On their Facebook page on Wednesday, the district displayed one of two academic calendar options for the public to vote on in a brief survey. The options titled Option A and Option B offers the option of either having spring break in March or April. It also displayed dates for half days which include Teacher Workday PD, Early Release, Teacher Workday PD, No Students, and Weather Makeup Days. It also shows dates for holiday break which includes report cards, progress reports, and major milestone. More than 160 comments made from parents of students in Charleston County School District under the Facebook post saw common themes in showing they are not in favor of schools having a later start date and ending in mid-June when their children have been used to school ending before Memorial Day and finals happening after students return from break. The most common concern being voiced by parents under the school district's Facebook page is having early release days for teachers workday in the middle of the week. One parent who has a first grader in Malcolm C. Hersey Montessori School and a sixth grader at C.E. Williams Middle School says it's difficult as a working parent to pick her children up for early release days that happen in the middle of the week. There's a lot of inconvenient teacher work days that are in the middle of the week, which is definitely a concern for two working parents, um, like in our household. Um, you know, we just that's a lot of days that we have to try to wrangle our schedule to make sure that we get our children from school in the middle of the week. Um, and they, and they keep getting more of those, um, you know, just to make sure that we get to those 180 days. Charleston County School District says the finalized academic calendar will be posted March 27th after the Board of Trustees makes their final academic calendar decision. For more information on the two calendar options, head to our website, live5news.com, and click the link in this article. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. Well, happening today, a new physical therapy center is opening up on Johns Island. The company Cora is hosting an open house celebration this evening from 5 till 7.30. There's already locations in West Ashley and North Charleston. Now, Cora says it's excited to bring trusted, highly skilled clinicians to a Johns Island neighborhood and introduce the industry's most advanced treatments, including dry needling, post-op recovery and more. Students across the Lowcountry are gearing up for an important field trip this morning, and it could give them insight into their future. Yes, it can. Andrew Rowan is live at Trident Tech in North Charleston. And Andrew, what's set to get underway for these students? Good morning. Good morning. Students from more than 40 public and private schools are set to be here for career day. They'll pretty much have the run of the campus. All the labs and spaces will be open. They'll basically get to try on the more than 150 programs. They'll put their hands on the equipment, talk to faculty, and imagine what it might be like to be on campus. 
Also, local employers will be on hand from a variety of industries that will inform students on how classes turn into careers. And a lot of the professional industries that will be represented here today are experiencing a shortage of technical workers. For just one example, 90% of construction companies nationwide say they're having trouble finding qualified workers. That's according to the Associated General Contractors of America. And professional leaders say one way to address the shortage systemically is to hold educational events like this one. A lot of students do not know about manufacturing. They don't know about the different occupations out there that pay very well. When they come to our classes or they come to see our labs, they get a glimpse of the type of equipment and the type of uh, occupation that those uh, industries have to offer. Now, even though this is a fun day off from a normal high school schedule, Trident administrators say students should come with an open mind and take today seriously as an investment in their future. In North Charleston, Andrew Rowan, Live 5 News. Cyclists, walkers, and joggers going from James Island to Folly Beach are one step closer to what officials hope will be safer and easier travel. The Rethink Folly Road initiative focuses on improving connectivity and reducing congestion on Folly Road. Yeah, the steering committee made up of officials from Charleston County, the city of Charleston, James Island, and Folly Beach held their quarterly meeting yesterday to go over where this project stands. Anna Harris tuned in to that meeting and has more. In addition to less traffic, these islanders could possibly see a beach shuttle connecting Folly Beach to James Island sometime in their future. The town of James Island put out a survey asking people if they would really use it. Charleston County says we are starting to see, quote, the light at the end of the tunnel. SCDOT and DHEC have officially approved the permits for phase one of Rethink Folly Road. That's according to a Charleston County official. Phase one is the initial phase of the bike and pedestrian accommodation project, which includes mixed use paths or lane markings, but construction can't start just yet. Mayor Bill Woolsey of the town of James Island says they're thinking of beach traffic and how this would impact construction if it were to start in the summer. Rethink Folly Road also asked people if they would be interested in a beach shuttle connecting James Island to Folly. A survey that pulled in 400 responses from people on James Island, West Ashley and beyond, 77% said they would use a beach shuttle with 23% saying no. When asked if they would take a 10-minute ride in the shuttle in an alternative lane passing traffic, 86% said yes and 14% said no. When asked if they would take a 45-minute ride in the shuttle in the same lane of of traffic, 19% said yes, and 81% said no. And it shows a shift in just the sentiment in our region toward transit. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, 10 years ago, I don't think anybody would have said they'd want to use it. Probably couldn't have envisioned it, really, but also um, just wasn't familiar. Um, but as we move forward with projects like the bus rapid transit and people just become more familiar, maybe they are from other areas, um, it does. It has sort of shifted the perspective. Charleston County says they're anticipating a 300-day construction timeline for Phase 1. There is no set date of when that will start as of now. On Folly Beach, Anna Harris, Live 5 News.
Well, today marks the 118th birthday of children's author Dr. Seuss. Yeah, this also celebrates National Read Across America Day. Schools across the country participate in the annual event in order to help students get excited about reading. In honor of today, Katie and I, we're going to be joining in on the reading fun and celebrating with the kiddos by being guest readers this morning at a school. Yes, we're set to join later today and uh, lots of kiddos to talk to, excited about it all. Yes, I and I'm excited <laughs> just every single year. I've done it for 10 years now. Have you really? I've yes. only done it once, so yes. I'm um, pumped about today. Yes, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, the 2023 Charleston Wine and Food Fest has officially kicked off here in the Holy City. The festival features a variety of culinary events that showcase Charleston's unique flavor. Yeah, our Molly McBride joins us now in the studio. Molly, tell us a little bit more about the event and how people can attend. I am excited. Yes. I'm going today and I'm so <laughs> excited. Beverage workshops, signature dinners, bar takeovers, and the classic Love. culinary village are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this year's festival. Starting with tonight, the city of Charleston's Wine and Food Street Festival runs from 6 to 9. This free family-friendly block party will spotlight the city of Charleston's diverse culinary, craft, and small business community. But if tonight's block party doesn't fully fill your plate, don't worry. We've got you covered. There are still tickets available for the Classic Culinary Village Friday and Sunday, where you'll find food sampling, interactive chef demos, snack shacks, and more. Or if you're interested in popping into an individual event, the Lowdown Beverage Workshop will show you ways to explore low or no alcohol alternatives that are just as delicious as the boozy versions you crave. Again, what I mentioned is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this year's festival. For that full schedule, head over to live5news.com and click on this web story. At the top of the show, I mentioned an NBA record set on this date 61 years ago during a game between the Philadelphia Warriors and the New York Knicks. In that game, a Philadelphia player scored 100 points. That player was none other than Wilt Chamberlain. Celebrating birthdays today, author John Irving is 81. Actress Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live is 71. Singer John Bon Jovi is 61. James Bond actor Daniel Craig is 55. Country singer Luke Combs is 32. And rapper and actor Becky G is 26. Thank you for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.